Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. The divine setup number three, if you don't sow, you can't reap. This is Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. It is so good to be with you again. I am enjoying our time together. And today we're going to be talking about sowing and reaping. We're going to talk about seed time and harvest. And with that, I just got to let you know that this is something that is so near and dear to my heart and how the Lord has used it to to grow me over the years and trust in him. Really, it's just allowing the Lord to be the Lord in, in areas of our life and saying, God, you do what you can do. It's a, it's, it's faith practically at work. And uh, when, I'm, when I'm talking about divine setups, this is divine setup number three. When I'm talking about, when I mention divine setup, what I'm saying is, it's when the Lord in his great providence and his sovereignty, he puts us in certain situations or circumstances or around people in order for us to get, to grow, to learn from, or to get what we need and to be prepared for where he's bringing us. I know that's kind of hard to comprehend, but God has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. He, he desires to do something in us and through us, and he wants to put us in certain situations in order to equip us or to get us what we need so that we'll be prepared for where he's bringing us for our purpose. When the Lord had divinely put me back with Brother Henry in 2003 until August 2004, it was a time of preparation. It was a time of, of learning, of growing, and a time of getting some key principles deep down in my spirit so that I could learn to walk by them. One of the greatest lessons Brother Henry taught me under the influence of the Lord, I believe, is the fact that uh, it's something that he taught all the time. He would share it all the time. And he even sent me a text yesterday, and it says, basically, sow a seed, reap a harvest. And, you know, I could, I, could, I could still hear his voice as he says, you never can expect a harvest if you don't put a seed in the ground. And he would say, if you get it in the ground, you can expect a harvest because God is faithful to his word. And I, I love his passion to just trust God and trust God at his word and to have the faith in that. That's something, you know, for over 18 years hasn't left him. So reap, so and reap. The Holy Spirit used him to teach this, teach me about tithing and the importance of tithing, but also the importance of sowing. Tithing is extremely important in order for you to prepare your heart and your ground for where God's wanting to bring you. You got to trust God with your tithe, first and foremost. It's His. You got to trust Him with it. Be obedient. Faith at work. Trusting Him with your tithe. But true faith, bold faith, as Henry would say it, is learning to sow. If you want the supernatural in your life, you have to learn how to sow. Now, this is not some pie-in-the-sky thing. Uh, it's not something that is just out there and it's, it's, it's for, the, for, the, for those who are crazy. This, this idea of sowing is a principle. It's a law, honestly. And it's not, just, it's not just something that's practiced by believers in the church. 
this is something that's practiced globally by people who don't even believe in the existence of a God. Farmers go out on a weekly basis, on a season basis, and they put seed in the ground, and they do that with anticipation that the day will come where they will reap a harvest. Not only that, but over my time with the Lord and and growing, I've also learned that businessmen use this tactic as well, this law, this principle within their life and within their system, uh, the, the sowing and reaping. They use it in different terms. They would call it investment, but the same idea is sowing. And the idea of investment is a return or reaping. Even today, they've you know we've we've got some people that that uh, I would I wouldn't say hijack, but they've taken the word and they say you know pay it forward. Really, what they're saying is sow it, sow it, and the day will come where you're going to reap. This is a this is a principle, a law that that goes far beyond our biblical understanding. It is a it's something that's ingrained in. The, the, the makeup of, of our economical system, uh, makeup of our globe, <laughs> and just how the Lord is, is a founding principle. It's a law. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 9, the Apostle Paul writes, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Let us not lose heart in doing good. Right, underline that. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Paul makes it very clear that this sowing and reaping law or principle goes far beyond the ground and the seed. He says, whatever you sow, you will reap. If you sow hate, it is hate that you will reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you will from the spirit reap that which leads to eternal life. Hallelujah. This sowing mentality is one that has proven and has stood the test of time. Sowing into your marriage, sowing into your business, sowing into your kids, sowing into your own life is done naturally. But the one thing we have to learn to control is what are we sowing? Are we sowing the the flesh nature or are we sowing the, the Jesus nature? Are we sowing the anger, the hatred, the, the division, the, the doubt, the fear, the worry? Or are we sowing peace, hope, joy, faith? <laughs> we must look to make heavenly investments into the hearts and life of those around us, especially our own family and those who are nearest to us. Now, for this time, I'm going to specifically focus on sowing money where the Lord would lead you. There's a lot of different principles of the sowing and reaping. Uh, it, 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 it's inclusive to a lot of, lot of areas. But what we're going to focus on is money. We live in a day where life is seemingly about dollars and cents and every penny counts, especially after these past several months where, where the bottom dropped out of the market, jobs were lost, some of that stuff has been regained and regained a hundredfold. 
hours were cut, savings were lost. People uh, have really struggled during this time. 401ks were ruined. Uh, It has been a very uncertain time financially. So this principle of sowing and reaping is one that has to be a go-to resource during times just like this. We can't just blink our eyes and say, oh, woe is me. We have to know that there's times and seasons where we must learn to put these, this principle into action. When things get low, we need to learn to sow. <laughs> I, I, Brother Henry would say, when in need, sow a seed. <laughs> when things get low, learn to sow. When in need, sow a seed. Hallelujah. Our natural instinct, this goes against our our own understanding, but we don't lean on our own understanding. Amen. This goes against our own understanding. This goes against our very natural instinct to withdraw from tithing during times of difficulty, times of uncertainty. Our instinct in times like this will be withdraw from giving or being generous or sowing. And what we would want to do is we want to start storing or holding on to. Believe me, I get it, man. I I completely get it. I have a wife and two little kids. And even though I have lived my life on this principle, there are still times and seasons where I struggle about wanting to scrounge up and hold on to what I what I have, what I do got, even though it's not much. Scrounge on what I do have. But the worst thing is to sit there and scrounge it up and to watch it rot, like the manna in the tents of the Israelites that would hold on to it for an extra day. Paul says this, yes, you're going to get burned out. You're going to grow weary in sowing and, and doing good. It's going to happen. You're going to have uncertain times. But he says this, don't stop. Don't give up for your harvest is sure and it is coming. Did you hear it? He says, yes, you're going to want to stop. Yes, you're going to, you're going to grow weak in faith, weak in, in, in your own strength. But you don't give in. You don't stop. You don't keep sowing. You you just can't. If you keep sowing, you will keep reaping, and that harvest will be a good harvest, declares the Lord. As I mentioned a couple episodes ago, Brother Henry would always talk about sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, hallelujah. But he would also add in there Matthew 13, as we had learned a couple episodes ago. And he would always say, you know, remember Jesus said, 30, 60, 100-fold harvest. What Henry would tell me was when you sow in faith something the non-believers don't have access to. See, these non-believers that use the principle or the law of sowing and reaping, there's something they don't have access to. They will sow and reap and only get what's naturally going to happen. But see, those who are of the faith, those who are children of God, those who are sons and daughters because of the blood of Jesus Christ and our hope is in him, when we use this principle by faith in the spirit, we have an opportunity to reap the supernatural. The supernatural is the 30, 60, 100-fold harvest. 
Now, I'm not a name it, claim it kind of guy. I'm not one of those, you know, uh, I want to I want to see it folding. I don't want to hear it jingling. That's not me. If you know me, that's not my thing. But this is a practice principle that has been practiced in my life, and it is very evident that when you trust God by faith and you sow as he leads you, you'll reap a harvest that is far beyond your understanding. I have so many stories about this. I have so many testimonies. Man, God has done a supernatural work. But there's one that I believe that just kind of sticks out that I want to share. So in 2005, I went on a mission trip. I was in Bible college at that time. It was was the end of the semester, December. And I went on a mission trip with Pastor Rick Hagen's to Mexico. And I'll share about that. I mean, that was a supernatural divine setup as well. And I'll share about that at a later time, but I just want to kind of share something from that. I met somebody during that trip. His name is Joel and he was a flight attendant and uh, lived in New York city and was a member of Times Square church. And Joel was sitting next to me every time we would go back and forth to Mexico every day. And Joel pulled out a little New Testament Bible, <laughs> and he would just, you know, I'm in Bible college, and I'm a pastor of a church, and Joel would sit there, and he would just run around my mind with the scriptures. He has this uh, innate gift to just be able to recall everything he's ever read. It's just a supernatural gift that God has given him, and he is just brilliant when it comes to scripture. I mean, just knows the verse, the section, everything. Just one of those special guys. But he was just pouring this word into me while we would be riding. Two young men, you know, 25, 26 years old at that time, just digging the word, hungry for the Lord, hungry for the word. And it was just a special time. So we became friends. And, you know, from that, the Lord stirred my heart. I got me a little New Testament Bible. And I said, I'm going to be a man of the word. Next time I see him, (laughs) I'm going to be ready. (laughs) And so... Uh, that was December 2005, and he said, Sean, you know, Times Square Church is doing a uh, um, a trip to Israel in the summer. Do you want to go? And at that time, you know, you, you didn't have to have a passport to be able to go to Mexico. I mean, you could cross. If you were just going back and forth, you didn't need a passport. You just show them your driver license or whatever, and uh, it was no issue. So, I mean, I, and I didn't have a passport. I had never flown before at that point, and... I'm in Bible college. I ain't got a penny to my name. I'm pastoring in two egg. And I said, yeah, man, I'll go. You know, it's summertime. A lot of things can happen between now and summertime. Yeah, man, you let me know. I'll go. Well, the spring semester of 2006 had started and it had ended. And during that time, Joel and I had talked a couple of times uh, about just different things. And we'd pray together and encourage one another. Well, the semester had ended and it was probably like the end of last couple weeks of May 2006 and I had come home I would come home during the week and spend time with my mom and my family and uh, I would go back up on the weekends to to visit people and to preach in 2A while I was home and I went to a midweek service at Calvary Christian Center in Norman Beach where Pastor Jim Rayleigh is the pastor and uh, during that service I'll never forget it the Holy Spirit used Pastor Jim to say somebody in here had something that they thought was dead, but God is about to bring it back to life. 
And the Holy Spirit made it very clear that he was talking about me in the situation that I was in. I thought it was about a relationship. I had no idea what the Lord was about to do. Well, I was just celebrating and thanking God for I received that word and was very thankful for that word and that encouragement. After church, I went outside to my car and I saw I missed a phone call around the same time that Pastor Rayleigh had shared that message. And I'm like, man. So I it was Joel. I called Joel back and the first thing in Joel's mouth, dude, are you ready to go to uh, Israel the first week of June? <laughs> I knew that the Lord had, this was it. This was what I thought was dead, but God had put life back in it. And I said, man, I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to work toward it. Yeah, I, I'm going. Well, I had enough money to go to the county clerk and to expedite my passport, a 24-hour ex- expedite uh, fee and all that. I mean, it was, it was about $160 or something like that at the time. And so I had put that in, in motion um, that was a Wednesday night. That was Friday. I had signed all the pay, did all the papers, and I put that in motion on a Friday. And I went up to the Tuig, and I told the church in Tuig, listen, I have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go to a David Wilkerson's pastor conference in Israel and to do a tour around the, the Holy Land. God touched their heart, and they said, you know what? We're going to pay for your ticket to go. How much is it? They gave me $1,600 to pay for my ticket to fly to Israel. I was overwhelmed. I remember sitting there in that pew like, oh, my gosh, the Lord has truly brought life back into this situation. I'm overwhelmed. I mean, I, I was overwhelmed. I mean, overwhelmed. Hallelujah. I called Joel the next day and I told him, I said, dude, I put my passport in on Friday. It's supposed to be here uh, sometime this week. And I got my ticket. Hallelujah. We were excited. So we're scheduled to fly out within a week. And, you know, that whole week rushed by as I prepared. I was like on cloud nine, man. You could beat me with a stick and I'd still shout hallelujah. (laughs) I was blown away at this opportunity. You know, a young boy, poor, poor young man from Deland, Florida, had never Really been out of the land. Uh, December, I was able to go to Mexico. That was mind-boggling. That was far beyond I could ever think. The only thing I could ever think of growing up was, man, I would love to go to New York City. But but to Israel, my first flight would be to Israel. I was just blown away, man, blown away. Well, as the week went on, Friday, I was going back up to Tuig, and it was like the whole trip, the five-hour trip back up to Tuig, all I could think about was, my tithe is like $180. <laughs> I have $210 to my name. Do I give the tithe? Do I hold on to it? What do I do? You know, I still have to pay for food, for things while in Israel. I mean, what do I do? What do I do? And I said, well, you know, just $30 ain't gonna, it's not going to do anything for you. Won't you just give the Lord All that you have, the whole $210. Won't you just offer him all that you have and trust him with the rest? Won't you sow it? I'm like, man, you know what? Just sow it and you talk to Joel and he can you can make up debt with him later, you know, pay him back as you go. I'm just gonna give this a little I'm gonna offer it to the Lord. Well, it sounded 
Sounds easy. Well, the <laughs> offering time came around, and, man, I could just feel this, man, the flesh was rearing up. Don't do it, man. You're not going to eat for two. And I said, you know what, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. I'm not even going to sweat it. If I know that I can go two weeks without eating. I'm a big dude. I could go. I, Hallelujah. You've been better to me than life. This is for you, Lord. And I gave it to him. I, I put that $210 check in that offer. I preached the message. And during the invitation, I opened the invitation up for people to come down and respond as the Lord would lead them. And almost everybody in that church got up and was coming down. So they stood in line. <laughs> and as they stood in line, I thought they were wanting prayer. I was like, man, you really preach a good message. But as they stood in line, they stood in line to give me checks and money. And I was just overwhelmed. I remember one of them after another handing me and hugging me and loving on me and, and letting them know that they're so proud of me and thankful for this opportunity. And over $1,500 the Lord used them to give me that day. <laughs> God is faithful. See, I want to tell you, the Lord is able to do 30, 60, 100 fold a harvest. It's available to you and to I when we sow in faith and we lead the results to Him. Israel was breathtaking. The pastor's conference was powerful. And when we came back, I stopped in New York to stay at Joel's house for several days and to visit my friend Joey that was working at Times Square Church at the time. It's a place that I had always wanted. I always wanted to go to New York. I always thought that one day I would be there. And as I walked around those streets looking at those buildings, I was like, this place ain't nothing compared to Israel. <laughs> this place doesn't even, you couldn't even hold the Israel sandals. And there in that place, the Lord reminded me that he can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ever think, ask, or imagine. Sometimes he puts us in divine setups to test our faith, to see if we would trust him with all of our tomorrows, to see if we could trust him with what he has given us to sow and to leave the harvest to him, 30, 60, 100-fold. As Brother Henry would say, if you don't sow, you can't reap. Don't stop sowing, for your God is faithful. Father, we love you. We trust you. And we just say, Lord, for those who are struggling financially, God, you put it in my heart to sow a seed this morning, God. I thank you, Lord, that every seed I've ever put in the ground, God, has always yielded a harvest further and greater than I could ever imagine. And, Lord, we're not like the natural farmer or the natural businessman. For, Lord, we deal in your economy. We don't deal in what we can gain in our own flesh and our own ability. We deal, Lord, in your economy that renders a harvest 30, 60, 100-fold. We trust you, the living God. And we thank you today. And we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. 
God bless you real good all the way. Keep sowing, keep reaping. Hallelujah. Until next time, this is Sean and the Word.